the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Monday. Oh my. Oh my, indeedy. We got a duel happening, babies. We got a duel on its way to D.C. Who's heading to D.C. and who's heading out? We're not quite sure where Bill Barr is going. I just hope it's painful. <laughs> like some kind of itch between his toes he can't get rid Say of. What? <laughs> he deserves a kind of painful itch, doesn't he? The kind that you can't figure out how to get rid of. Then you got to take some prednisone. Then your face blows up. You're all miserable. <laughs> I'm in a mood, babies. Glad to have you guys here with me to kick off this week. Extraordinary things happening in our times. And it just, I'm glad that I'm able to come in here and share this time with you guys and laugh as well as just get serious about some things. And we will get serious tonight because it is serious. And it just might, and according to a statement put out by President Trump's attorney, Jenna Ellis, it might get real serious. On January 6th, when the envelope with the electors is opened by Mike President, uh, Vice President Pence. 888-344-1170. Have you given up hope? Y'all know I was upset. I was warm Friday night over SCOTUS, man. I was warm. I'm still angry at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still angry at SCOTUS. Uh, but there is, there's always, as I said the night before the election, the fight continues whether or not President Trump, whatever happens on the on the election, because he can't do it all himself. The forces that we face are great in this country of Marxism and one uniparty establishment rule over us. It continues at the state level as well. So we've got uh, California Assemblyman Republican Kevin Kiley will be back with us tonight. He's kind of our hero in a cape here in California fighting against Gavin Newsom. But we want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Are you re-energized with hope after what's going on with the dueling electors? I will explain that. As well as the fact that finally, finally the screen door slamming against Bill Barr's piney on the way out. We got to talk about that. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. We are streaming live right now on Facebook at TheAnswerSanDiego.com. If that goes down, as it does, tends to, especially when we start disp- dispensing with facts here, if it goes down, you can always listen on the stream at TheAnswerSanDiego.com, as well as in the, all the different apps and ways that the kids are listening. Speaking of kids, I'm always excited to share time with this youngster here, this young man. It's none other than DJ Potato Skins. <laughs> DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. We're putting the interests of America first. They're part of a long American tradition of proving democracy's critics wrong, of showing that we have the courage to stand up for what is right and what is necessary. 
You know, I marinated Andrea over the weekend about what something my son said, and I shared it with you. And you mm-hmm. know what? Mm-hmm. Until a certain somebody's hand is on the Bible being sworn in, uh, lots of stuff can happen. And I'm not going to give up the fight, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to be negative. We will see where this thing goes. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and even if even if it comes on January 20th that Joe Biden is being sworn in on the Bible, that Bible, I, if I was him, I wouldn't put my hand on the Bible and swear to anything. I might be a little scared. Some lightning might strike. But if that happens, as I've said before, the fight must continue. What we need to be doing, and I started posing this question on Facebook, and this is something we can continue as we get through the hot topics, and we've got to continue to do as we go forward, regardless of who gets sworn into office on the 20th of January, is we've got a real problem with the Republican Party. Because they said that every one of the contested states has a state legislator of a uh, legislature. I always get the words confused. Run by Republicans. They're part of the swamp. They they are a huge part of the problem. It was it was the governor of Georgia, a Republican who did a de- backroom deal with Stacey Abrams, allowing her. She's bragging today that she's got a one, she's got another one point something million absentee ballots. She's ready to pull the trigger on. Nothing's changed in Georgia going into that Senate runoff. Run by Republicans. He did a backroom deal with her out unconstitutionally outside of the state legislatures, which is who's supposed to craft election law, to, to allow her to play shenanigans with absentee ballots. And then he put the Dominion machines in there. So we've got a real problem with the Republican Party. And here's we've got to really be seriously thinking about where we go from here. Do we continue to try to fight from within the Republican Party and try to purge out, give an enema of the rhinos, or do we finally go, you know what? The Tea Party tried that. We tried a revitalized Republican Party with the Tea Party, who, who I mean, we're talking about a huge movement that was, that was responsible for giving the, the House of Representatives to the Republican Party, and every one of them was a freshman representative, so they was marginalized, they weren't given committees, they weren't allowed any power, they were basically squashed out by the Republican Party. So we've been there, done that. People are telling me today, I'm going to get into the hot topics in a moment, but we've got to start thinking about this. I said something today about I don't see us succeeding as a nation, but we need to succeed, secession, from the Republican establishment. And yes, even if it means third party. And And I immediately started getting 1993 arguments. Well, we did that with Ross Perot, and Ross Perot was what gave us Bill Clinton instead of instead of George W. Bush. Hear me now. Ross Perot was able to get a huge amount of votes pulled away from George W. Bush from 41. And had we then not, not worked to see that we could have a viable third party as an option, he showed us that you could launch a viable third party option. And instead of seeing that good side, we had let, and seen that as an opportunity. No, because we ended up with Bill Clinton, who, by the way, as it turns back, you look back, Bill Clinton, I don't believe that he was any worse or, or let me say it this way. The Republican Party immediately said, look. You got to forget this third party business. You got to stick with us because if it wasn't if it wasn't for you third party people, you know, we would we would have had 41 instead of Bill Clinton. In hindsight, why would you still buy into that? Because let me tell you why. Of course, the the Republicans are going to tell conservatives that because they want you to stay on the reservation. They want you to stay on the plantation. Looking back, will we will we have now that you know the Bushes for who they are? Do you really believe we would have been really any worse off? Were we worse off with Bill Clinton than than 41? 
Look at look at look at W. Look at look who's killing us right now and has been killing us. John Roberts. We need to be thinking honestly, regardless of who gets inaugurated on on the twentieth, how we go forward and get rid of the establishment of the Republican Party because they're killing us. One one way one reason why we've got to talk about this is Bill Barr. Bill Barr is finally officially out the door. And there's differing reports as to whether or not he resigned or whether or not he was forced to resign. Whether or not the meeting took place today because Bill Barr actually walked in there and said, I want to resign. Or whether or not it was Trump saying, you know, you, you need to resign today or I'm going to fire you. The resignation happened because he was forced by Trump. He was forced out by Trump. His comments that Trump has made about Bill Barr and what happened with Hunter Biden and with the election really left Bill Barr no room but to resign. So he was forced out, absolutely forced out. I think that Trump was too nice to him and too solicitous and too complimentary on the way out. He did not need to heap compliments. Oh, we had a great working relationship. Why do that? I think Trump's. I think Trump. One of the reasons why he did it is he's a businessman at heart first, not a politician. And it was he's a he's a bygones kind of guy. Okay, you know we're we're parting ways now. I'm going to end things on a high note. There's no high note to end with Bill Barr. We are finding out now that Bill Barr not only not only didn't want, uh, not only did he not make a public announcement that Hunter Biden was actually in, 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 uh, under investigation, he actively worked to stop it from becoming public in the form of impeding the investigation by actually telling U.S. prosecutors not to issue subpoenas. He basically called the investigation to a halt because if, he, if they had done subpoenas and other legal maneuvers, it would have been able, it would have become public. That is obstruction of justice. This man does not deserve compliments. This man deserves to be investigated himself and to be charged with obstruction of justice. And this and the excuse that the Department of Justice has a policy that they don't interfere with elections. First of all, why did that policy come out? Whose idea was that? Loretta Lynch's? Withholding information from the public is electioneering, and that's exactly why Bill Barr did it. He knew, which was which we found out. After early voting, when the New York Post finally produced the story, at least 4%, which is, which is enough of a margin in swing states, 4% of Biden voters said they would not have voted for Biden had they known the story about what went on with Hunter. This is electioneering done by a Republican. Every one of these contested states, we got a problem? Republicans. Bill Barr, a Republican. Christopher Ray, a Republican. The Democrat loves to throw that in our face. Well, it's got to be. What he's doing has got to be legit because he's a Republican, right? No, that means that ain't, that ain't a selling point for me. That's not any kind of medal of honor that you're a Republican. Bill Barr for me and Christopher Ray are absolutely no different. Two sides of the same coin as Loretta Lynch and Jim Comey. What Bill Barr did with Christopher Ray, going back to pre-impeachment, when they had Hunter Biden's laptop, what Bill Barr and Christopher Ray have done is exactly what Jim Comey and Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder did. They covered up for the crimes of, of Joe Biden and in the course of that allowed for and enabled an illegal investigation, which in this case came in the form of a phony impeachment based off of, off of a phony whistleblower complaint. That's what Bill Barr allowed to happen, which was a coup attempt. And they knew. They knew that President Trump had done nothing wrong, that it was Joe Biden had done the quid pro quo and threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine in order to get a prosecutor off of his son's back. 
Bill Barr knew every bit of that. And that was long before election season. That was before Joe Biden even became a nominee. They covered up the crimes of Joe Biden. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got to shift gears. We got to talk a little bit about what's going on in California here. Kevin Kiley, who's our favorite Republican California state legislator, is going to be here to talk about some moves that he's made. Because we've got two commie, two communist takeovers going on in our country, and, we, and they're kind of a dueling. I'll get into the duel in a minute. We got a duel of the election crisis takeover, and we've got a duel of the continued coronavirus lockdown commie takeover issue happening. And we're going to talk to Kevin Kiley about Gavin Newsom when we come back from the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. A little bit later, we're going to continue our discussion of what's happening with the the big duel that's on its way to DC. Bill Barr. As well as uh, today, the vaccinations, first rounds of vaccinations began to be distributed across the country. And some people were pointing out a common feature among those receiving the first vaccination. So much to talk about as we continue on the show. 888-344-1170. Breaking news came out of San Diego this morning. I think it was or last night that Gavin Newsom decided to ban strip clubs in San Diego. Pacers and Cheetahs, I think it was. Uh, because he just decided it wasn't fair, you know, that, that restaurants couldn't, couldn't stay open, but they could have strip clubs. Because, you know, he started thinking it might be a little arbitrary. Huh. Um, gee, yeah. Who, who, thought that, who thought that his shutdowns were arbitrary, right? I mean, it, it's almost laughable at this point. So there's been a duel going back and forth between the strip clubs and Gavin Newsom. I'm predicting in a moment he's going to decide to bring his French laundry friends down to Pacers in San Diego to go inside, kind of do a little research to see whether or not he's right to be shutting them down. Here to talk about Mussolini and and, uh, what's going on with him and the state of California is Kevin Kiley, our favorite state lawmaker, Republican, the only one who stepped up and filed a lawsuit against Gavin Newsom. And he joins me now. Hello, Kevin Kiley. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Thanks, Andrea. Very kind of you, and uh, thanks for having me on. Okay, a couple things. First of all, I think it was last week, which is why I reached out to see about having you on tonight. Did you file a bill um, to abolish the endless emergencies? And where are we at with that? Uh, I did, yes. It's uh, Assembly Bill 69. It would make it so we can't have these indefinite states of emergency anymore like we've had now. I mean, with the, the current state of emergency, Gavin Newsom declared it in March, and then it's just continued. And it continues until he says it's over. And that's not the way it should work. You shouldn't be able to just sort of claim uh, this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, enormous power for yourself as he has and then only forfeit it uh, when you decide you're willing to. Uh, so like many other states do, we're saying that the state of emergency should elapse automatically after a certain number of days. And then if there's some reason it needs to continue, there needs to be an actual vote where legislators say we're going to vote to extend it. Yeah, because right now where we're at is we've had the goalpost. Initially, it was 14 days to flatten the curve. Then it became, you know, about case counts. And then, um, you know, about then it was stop the spread. Then it was, well, we got to, you know, uh, then it was switched. It's moved so many times. It became about case counts and it became about positivity rates. It's just continued to move and move. Now with the vaccinations coming out, then it was, well, I'm not sure I'm going to allow for the vaccinations. And then, of course, we've got – 
Fauci saying even with the vaccinations, you know, we're still going to need people to wear masks and six foot distance. And then we then they're expecting another wave. It's like never going to end. Well, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, what's uh, it's one thing to say that, uh, you know, we continue to have uh, uh, issues that we need to be mindful of uh, as this uh, you know process moves forward. It's quite another to say that we're going to have uh, absolute power vested in the hands of the governor uh, indefinitely until he's willing uh, to relinquish it. I mean, we've seen what the wreck of the havoc he's wrecked in our state uh, these last nine months, not only through his uh, terrible and unscientific lockdown policies, but also uh, through the way he's uh, simply issued decree after decree touching all facets of California life. Well, uh, that's not the way our system of government is supposed to work. And so our bill is designed to make sure that this never happens again. Well, where are we at with the bill? Well, so the legislature just came back for a single day, if you can believe that. <laughs> uh, and now uh, it's uh, off again until January. Uh, you know, with so much going on, the legislature can't even deign uh, to do a little bit of work other than coming in for one day inside of a basketball arena to take our oaths of office. Uh, so we're going to have to wait until January to actually move that forward in the legislative process. In the meantime, they're all getting paid, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about the local level because we all saw the video of this woman in, in L.A. County who spent $100,000 to outfit her restaurant to follow the rules of outdoor dining, to have her business and all outdoor dining be shut down arbitrarily. Meanwhile, an exemption was made for Hollywood, of course. And so across, literally steps from her, uh, some craft catering had set up to serve look, what looked like 300 people right across from her. This cannot continue to stand. And I know you also put forth something called the Healthy Communities uh, Resolution that can be adopted by counties. And hopefully somebody like Nathan Fletcher is listening right now because we need to be doing something different at the county level as well. Absolutely. And counties across California have now passed that healthy communities resolution, which is insisting upon uh, a different approach as we move into this, gosh, what will hopefully be the final phase of the process, approach that isn't about command and control with the the separation between the ruler and the ruled, with one person telling uh, us exactly how we need to live our lives, never mind what our representatives at the local level say. Instead, it's a more of a uh, decentralized approach with different communities being able to make decisions based upon what's best for them and based upon the actual data and evidence that they're seeing in their communities. Because you mentioned the outdoor uh, dining ban. I mean, when that was challenged in court, last week, and the judge said to the county, L.A. County Public Health, you need to provide evidence uh, that this is actually going to do something to stop spread of the virus. Uh, They said, sorry, we don't have any. And so the judge uh, struck that down. And now Gavin Newsom apparently thought it was such a good idea, he's applied it statewide. But Dr. Galley, when he was asked for what evidence they have, he had to admit they don't have any evidence either. They're just arbitrarily, it's literally arbitrary. They're saying we don't want there to be outdoor dining, you know, just because we don't want it to be there. Uh, so that's why so many people are so frustrated, is that uh, they can see that the state's policies, which restrict our liberties, which are killing our economy, which are destroying people's livelihoods, don't even seem to have any benefit to them. No, and this is all about centralized versus decentralized power. This is all about the individual versus the state and the in- individual being the small business owners. And it's absolutely outrageous. And, and you know, we and, you know, I don't, can't expect you as a state legislator to be on board with this, but I personally think it's time for some serious civil disobedience. And that restaurant owner in L.A., she was paying, I think, uh, $1,000 a day fine or something like that. And we've got, I saw there was a vegan Mexican restaurant in El Cajon over San Diego County this weekend who said she was going 
going to stay open and pay the fines. And, you know, um, there shouldn't be any fines. You know, I, I think Patricia Bates, uh, do you know Patricia Bates? She she is mm-hmm. putting forth yeah. something uh, to reclassify restaurants as essential. How, here's an idea. How about we re- reclassify all businesses as essential and we tell government that it's, that it's not their property to seize? Well, that's right. And as far as these punitive actions go, I do have another bill on that topic because, you know, what we're seeing is that the uh, ABC and state bureaucrats on Governor Newsom's orders are going around just trying to catch people in technical violation of the lockdowns without actually proving that that has done any harm. Uh, so what my bill does, it says that, look, if you want to find someone, if you want to revoke their license, you need to actually prove that this establishment caused some sort of outbreak. You can't just do it, you know, applying some sort of uh, bureaucratic uh, yardstick and saying, oh, you technically violated the rules, therefore we're going to totally t- destroy your ability to do any business in the future. Right. Well, they've got this arbitrary thing called uh, magic um, measurement called um, breakthroughs or what, breakouts, or I can't even remember the term of it. Um, and, and it's ridiculous, you know, uh, an outbreak, they're calling it. There is absolutely no way. Hashtag science, people, if you're listening to me. There's no way for you to know that you, where you got the flu. There's no way for you to know where you got coronavirus. Oh. I don't care if you only go out one time a week and you come home. You have no idea where you got it. So this nonsense of we got to shut down churches because there was an outbreak at, you know, some church in San Diego. There is no way for anybody to know where you caught a virus. That's absolutely absurd. And so this, this, the, all these, every bit of this is arbitrary. None of it is backed with science. And now we got people on top of it rushing to get a vaccine and get injected with something they don't even know what it is, just in hopes to have the jackboot of tyranny released from their necks. And that's not going to work because, as we've already talked about, it's all about moving the goalposts so that they can increase their grip. And uh, to me, the only remedy at this point is, at least with Mussolini, is the recall. But did I see on your tweet that he said that the recall is not playing the ru- by the rules? <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. His, his <laughs> spokesperson for his campaign said that this is not, but is, is refusing to play by the rules, but this is one of the rules. If, uh, you know, this is specifically in our Constitution, this is a check that the people of the state have uh, against a governor who has abused his power. Uh, And so uh, it's a pretty crazy notion uh, to say (laughs) that following a procedure exactly as it's prescribed in the California Constitution is somehow refusing to play by the rules. Well, that's the same thing the Democrats are saying with whether you think Trump, you know, how much fraud or whatever you believe. His challenges legally are following the Constitution. What's going on with the electors and all the different steps that he's pursuing are actually a part of the U.S. Constitution. It actually is playing by the rules. But that's the Democrats today. That's the left. You know, they want to tell people that the sky is uh, green and that it's not blue. And, you know, what, you know, and five-year-old girls can, you know, um, change their name to Stephen and now they're suddenly a boy. I mean, this is the kind of upside down world we're living in and we need to be pushing back against it. Um, I read an article, I think he's concerned about this actual recall effort. Do you know where it stands in terms of um, signatures and, and potential for it to go through? Oh, he's very concerned. That's been widely reported uh, in the news media. Uh, His advisors are keeping very close track of the number of signatures that come in. Uh, My sources uh, tell me that uh, there are over 800,000 signatures that have been collected at this point. Uh, There's still a long way to go. You have to get to a million and a half, but the deadline is until March 17th. And there's, uh, you know, a uh, incredible movement right now of volunteers who are out gathering more signatures every day. So uh, the governor is is quite concerned, and I think uh, rightfully so.
Well, I think he should be. And I think that it will continue to gain momentum right now. A lot of people are focused on the election, what's going on with that. But let me tell you, all go to RecallGavin2020.com, download the petition, get 10 people to sign it. That's something that we all can do. Most of us can at, can at least get 10 signatures. Kevin Kylie, thank you for coming back and being with us. And thank you for all of your efforts. I love the work that you're doing and I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to come back anytime. All right. Thanks so much. Um, speaking of election rules and playing by the rules and who's playing by it and who isn't, we're going to talk about the dueling, the duel that's on its way to D.C. when we come back. Do you guys know what dueling electors are? I'm going to explain. So don't go away. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is. All while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Maybe I'm feeling all, I've been feeling really good. I got a great night's sleep last night. I'm in, I'm in. I think it's your balance of nature. It could be. It's one reason why. I know it is, in part. Um, I think I told you guys I realized last week for the first time in a long time I had no no um, a pain in my in my feet. And I was walking around in sneakers that I didn't even have inserts in. And that's, that's as much of a miracle for me as it is that I have not had a sinus infection or a cold of any kind or an ear infection in almost a year. So when, as you're going into Christmas, I, it, they've got free shipping right now and 35% off preferred orders. I don't know how quickly they can get it to people. But, you know, I say, and I love food gifts as much as anybody, but let me tell you, I'd be equally happy if somebody got me started on balancing nature knowing what I know now. And in addition to, I tell everybody I do that, I, I forget sometimes to tell y'all that in addition to the 10 servings of 31 fruits and veggies a day with my three fruit capsules and my three veggie, I use this um, spice and fiber mix, and I put it in hot tea, and that also gives me additional minerals as well as fiber, and it's tasty, and it's and it's like apple cider. So anyway, go to balancingnature.com. Use the discount code HEALTH. That's what I would give out to people and what I plan to give my family for gifts. Free shipping right now, 35% off. And if you get this for me, I don't want to hear any effect, you know, like, oh, you you know, really wish I you had gotten some chocolate-covered strawberries. You know, you're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I could send you a pound cake, but you know what? Then you'd be complaining against me a month from now that you gain weight. Okay. All right. Um, coming up, we've got a cancel story that I know DJ Potato Skins is dying to talk about. We're going to talk about it later. To bite my tongue the entire show. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. You know, we we have got to as we go forward. We are 74 million Americans voted for President Trump, and that included Democrats, that included independents, it included more women than ever, it included more minorities than ever. We got, uh, I think he got more minority votes since uh, by percentage than Richard Nixon did It's, it's in 1960. And that's it, you know, and that's who's to say if it, with, with, with all the fraud thrown out, how much higher that number would be. Absolutely. He's the, when Obama got reelected in uh, 2012, he lo- it was it was a reelection at a loss of four million votes. President Trump, and we know the votes attributed to Trump are real because let me tell you, the Democrats have done everything that they could to deny President Trump his votes. He actually increased his vote totals by almost twenty percent. This was an absolute landslide for President Trump, and I can't imagine being him today with a battle going on with an attempt to steal the election from him with the help of Republicans. However, 
There was lots of Republicans today that did the right thing. Have you heard that in seven states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, and New Mexico, they all, um, all these states had their own Republican electors that voted for President Trump today. And, and many people were confused on Twitter saying, wait a second, how come like in Nevada, it, the electors supposedly selected Biden, but then we hear that the Republican electors voted for President Trump? Are you confused? Patricia? I was originally confused before I read the article, and right. now it, it, it makes sense. I mean, this is going to be a great thing to have in their pocket should legal challenges happen to go the Trump team's way. Well, yeah, there's a couple things that, that are at play here. What happened was, um, and, and this is real, and this is important, and here's how you know that this is actually important and a good thing for the Republicans, because Governor Whitmer in Michigan tried to stop Republican electors from getting into the Capitol. She actually had security tell them outside, the Capitol's closed today. No, the Capitol wasn't closed. You just tried to keep out Republican electors. And you're right. What um, what this is about is um, this is um, they're called dueling electors because what you've got is you've got you've got two sets of electors that are now going to go to D.C. You've got the ones that are are signed off on by the governors. And then you've got um, the another set of electors um, that are done by the legislators. And so these are assigned by the legislators. And it's important because not only does it preserve any legal contest, but now what happens is when you have two sets of electors going to D.C., you might have electors by a Democrat governor that the Democrat governor signs and gives to Joe Biden, but you've got a competing set, a dueling set, of electors signed by the Republican legislatures. And this is a real thing because it's happened before. So these dueling sets of electors go to D.C. A couple of things can happen, and we talked about this before. This is actually part of the Constitution because the Constitution basically says that um, that it's the states that assign electors. This is what it means to be uh, – this is what the Electoral College means. Um, when it gets to D.C., there's a couple of options that can happen. And um, and there's some competing opinions on it because according to this article from Reuters here today, uh, the uh, there's some different opinions as to what the electoral the electoral count act um, comes into play, and it's been described by academics, some academics, as unintelligible. And um, it seems to it seems to suggest, according to some people, that when these dueling electors arrive in Washington, that they are more likely under the Electoral Count Act to count the state's um, governor's choices. However, if you read Jenna Ellis, what she said today. There's another thing that can happen. One option is they could go with with all the electors, the easy way out for Congress, for the House and the Senate, is to just go with what the state's governors have signed in. That's the easy way out. We have a Democrat-controlled Congress, uh, House of Representatives. We have a Republican-controlled Senate right now. We could have we could have the House of Representatives want to go with the governors, and we could have the Senate do something different. Here's another option, according to Jenna Ellis. She says, today the Electoral College votes will be sealed and sent by special carrier to Washington, where they will remain sealed until January 6th, 
when the House and the Senate will come into a joint session to open the votes. The media is going to make you believe it's all over and Joe Biden is now officially present. On January 6th, Nancy Pelosi will sit down with the rest of the House members as she has no special power or authority over the hearing. Vice President Mike Pence will have all the authority as president of the Senate for that day and will accept or reject uh, motions to decide the next steps by the Assembly. Remember, Mike Pence is in full authority that day as written in the Constitution. The ballots will be the ballots certified today, but that means nothing. The ballots will be certified today, but that means nothing. The votes will be opened, and at that point, one House member could, and most likely will, raise their hand to object to the vice president on the state of electors' votes. That objection could cover fraud or any other reason, and with the seconding of that objection, everything changes. The House and Senate will divide for two hours, at the least, to debate, then vote. The vote will be per per senator, with the vice president being the deciding vote, if needed in the Senate. Over in the House, it will be one vote per delegation, per state, not per House member. The Republicans have 30 delegation votes compared to the Democrats' 20 delegation votes. If the scenario runs true, President Trump gets reelected. Um, that is one option. Um, that That is them voting. Another option is they could go with the electors um, that include, am I explaining this well? They've got, we've got dueling electors today. We've got electors signed in for these contested states by the governors. We've also got, which is according to the Constitution, if there is a contested election in the states, the state legislators can pick the, the electors. That was done today by all Republicans in seven contested states. New Mexico has a new lawsuit. It is a contested state. Dueling electors go. At that point, there's several options that can take place. One is they go with all the electors, including that were uh, certified by all the governors. Or they could go with all the governors and in contested states, go with the Republican-picked electors, which would be following the Constitution or they can go with a scenario I just described, which it gets voted on at the House and the Senate. Those are the options. It should end up being a President Trump, right? Because if they follow the law, they follow the Constitution, it should be going with the electors and all the states signed by the governors with the exception of the electors and the contested states, which following the Constitution should be the electors chosen by the Republican Party. And that should be it. And then it should go to President they Trump. They need two objections. That's it. That's it. Other, and then uh, they oh, – and actually then it could go, if not that choice, then it could go with the scenario I just outlined involving Mike Pence. Now, you're going to have – I mean, I think you described it brilliantly and very clearly so everybody understands. But you're going to have the mainstream media out there, your Foxes, your CNNs, and they're going to either tear this apart and say that this isn't factual or you're not going to hear a thing about it. Well, I think I, – I, here's my concern. We have not had the Republicans today that, that pushed – I'm really proud of the Republicans that pushed for, for, for these electors. I, I, I'm I'm uncomfortable having confidence in the Republicans at the House of Representatives as well as the Senate because we don't have a history of the Republicans. Um, we don't have a history of them standing up. So I'll, I'll ask you point blank. You don't think we have um, the majority of that vote if it were to go down tomorrow? 
I don't have I, I, I don't have confidence that the Republican Party is going to. Um, do you think Mitt Romney is going to? Oh, that, that's a hard no. Right. Hard no. Yeah. Do we have do we have we had one hundred and six? I think it was Republicans from the House of Representatives that signed on to the lawsuits. Twenty five didn't. We I, I, so I don't know. Uh, we've got we've got the head count. I don't know that we've got the will, because if if you understand the two opposition parties that President Trump faced, and there there's a lot of criticisms going around about him, personnel decisions that he he allowed people like Bill Barr to be you know be nominated. He took the advice to nominate a Bill Barr. He took the advice to nominate a Christopher. He's Ray. too much of a good guy, and and he's too loyal. And his gut is to think as a businessman, and that is to think I'm going to I'm going to show success here, and that's going to win people over. It did with the voters, but the politicians don't want success. They want to go back to what's comfortable for them. There's a reason why Bill Barr and Christopher Ray worked to cover up. They did not care, including the Republican Party, did not care. That innocent Americans were targeted by a weaponized FBI and DOJ going back into the summer of 2016. They did not care that a former secretary of state worked with the Russians to come up with a smear file that was used to lie to the FISA courts. They did not care that that same secretary of state violated the Espionage Act and deleted 33,000 pieces of government property and committed felonies. They did not care that she used her office in a pay-for-play scheme to line the pockets of, of her husband and the Clinton Foundation. They did not care that an illegal spying operation was launched against an opposition party candidate that then turned into a special prosecutor's uh, special investigation, which was another coup attempt. And Bill Barr did absolutely nothing. Neither did Christopher Ray. It has been one coup attempt after another. And the Republican Party getting back into the impeachment that Bill Barr allowed to happen another coup attempt, the Republican Party did what? Where was Lindsey Graham? Did he bring in? Don Jr. was dragged in. And asked question for hours and hours and hours. All the Trump family were targeted and bullied. Don Jr. was hauled in because of some meeting he supposedly had with a, with a Russian attorney. And Hunter Biden specifically, at the point of the impeachment, Lindsey Graham made the decision not to bring in Hunter Biden for the impeachment. They, uh, both parties allowed coup attempts to happen against my president. So do I trust them to do the right thing when it gets to the Electoral College in January 6th? No, I don't. I wish I could. I wish I wish I was looking at a Republican Party that I could put some. But when you, you know, when you betray me over and over and over and over, when you show me who you are, I have to believe you. Well, like I told you last week, I'll say it on the air. I'm not ashamed of it at all. President Trump is not reelected. I'm done with the Republican Party until there's a substantial third party. I am re-registering independent. Hunter, there's email. I'll tell you this before we go to break and then we come back. I've got to tell you guys the latest on uh, the fraud that took place in Michigan uh, with the Dominion machines. And then we've got a pop culture story to give you. But an email came out that Hunter Biden did not disclose $400,000 in 2014 Burisma income. If you're Wesley Snipes and you went to the pokey, Federal prison for how many years? Over $300,000 that you didn't declare? Something like that. You mad right now, right? They knew. That was withheld. this, this, This was all going on at the time of the impeachment. It's absolute outrage. The two when in 2016, when people chanted at the rallies, lock her up, it was not meaningless and it was not just about Hillary Clinton. It was about two sets of laws. One for the elites, particularly the Democrats, and one because we didn't know how they were going to target Trump at that point. It was one for the elites and one 
set of rules and laws for us. And under the Republican Party, the Republican-run FBI and DOJ, that was allowed to continue. Shame on Bill Barr, whose tenure was not worth a dime of compliments, President Trump. We come back. We're going to... I'm going to tell you guys about the Antrim Michigan Forensics Report and the latest in cancel culture. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Yeah, I eat donuts, but I take my bowels in nature. <laughs> okay, so um, today Michigan certified governor there, certified uh, Joe Biden is the winner. Uh, meanwhile, pay no attention to the Antrim forensics report that showed uh, the they did. Uh, remember, we heard 6,000 votes were transferred from Biden to Trump. Yep. Here's how it worked, DJ Potato Skins. The system is designed to have an artificial error rate of 68%, which then forces the votes to go for something called adjudication. Therein sets up the fraud because that gives the Democrats their little opportunity, and I quote, the system intentionally generates an enormously high number of ballot errors. The electronic ballots are then transferred for adjudication. The intentional errors lead to bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. This leads to voter or election fraud. But there's no substantial evidence. All right. The observed of error rate of 68% is a significant, and I'm quoting, and fatal error in security and election integrity that far surpasses the allowable election error rate of 0.0008% or 1 in 250,000 ballots that's been established by the Federal Election Commission. Shame on anybody that allow these into their states. Shame on the Supreme Court who didn't do their dang job and hear. And I don't want to hear that they didn't turn down on the merits. They denied to hear the case. The clock is ticking. They could have heard the case and said no. Yeah, they didn't want to hear the case. We all, everybody sees that there were election fraud en masse across the country. If this is what happened with the Dominion machines in Antrim County, Michigan, these machines were used all over the country. We already outlined, as confusing as it might be, the different pathways. If we just follow the Constitution in the states that are contested, and quite frankly, the entire election across every state should be contested and should be, we should, it should be thrown out. But just in the five states that were contested, If we follow the Constitution, knowing the fraud that took place, the right thing would happen and President Trump would be inaugurated. We didn't get a chance to get into our pop culture story. Save it for tomorrow. We'll save it for tomorrow because I want to do more than just a minute on it because I think it's really a social justice issue that the Republican Party ignored and now it's a major issue for the country. We'll be right back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Wayne Allen Root will be here. Root for America. You don't want to miss it. Love you all. Peace out. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made... 